Hello everybody, welcome to The Power Supply, your weekly digest of technology with your hosts Ziyang Tsui and George Bukazi. Let's get started. Okay, so uh, today we will be talking about net neutrality once again, uh, Tesla's new semi-trucks, Google's, Google's AI, Air Carbon, and uh, the new Lyft technology. So to start things off, uh, net neutrality once again. Zion, want to tell us about that? So yeah, we've talked about net neutrality before on the a- episode four of the Humble High School podcast. Yeah, that's true, actually. However, like this issue is so important because the aftermath, uh, aftermaths of a possible repeal would harm all the listeners like who use internet. So you're saying um, if net neutrality, if not net neutrality is uh, no longer implied, uh, it could harm a lot of people. Yeah, so that's why it's so important to keep the uh, people informed. So like you might ask, what is net neutrality? Yeah. So it's a rule that was set by the FCC during the Obama era. Yeah. Back in 2015, that um, required internet viewers to give consumers equal access to all content online. So basically, like nothing was restricted. Yeah. That like, we know of. If you wanted to like search up sports news or I don't know Google your homework, yeah, they're, they're they're both provided at equal speeds. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So it prevents service providers from restricting or prioritizing certain sites. So uh, what would net neutrality do to that exactly? Would it like change that? The repeal of net neutrality would let. Um, yeah, the, the repeal. Sorry. Yeah. So 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 the repeal of net neutrality would let big companies like uh, Comcast, AT and T choose which sites to slow down, which sites to speed up. Would they do that with, like, their business partners? So, like, they would work with their business partners partners to slow down, like, rivals? Yeah, definitely. Com- competition, things like but, that? But, like, big companies like Google and Facebook, mm-hmm. who've been super quiet on this, despite yeah. being vocal supporters of net neutrality yeah. in their past, um, they won't, like, really get hurt that much. Yeah, it could only help them. They're yeah. giants. Yeah, they're, they're big enough to not get, like, destroyed by it. And yeah. the small companies that are somewhat their competitors get destroyed by this. Yeah. So do you think that this would really have an impact on the user, your everyday user? Yeah. So, uh, some websites uh, who need to sustain their influx of flow would need to charge extra fees really? for the users. Because they need to pay money to stop the cable companies from slowing them slowing down. Slowing them down, yeah, that's true. And uh, going back to the big companies, uh, in fact, Reed Hastings, the chief executive of Netflix, mm-hmm. has said, um, and I quote, I think Trump's FCC is going to unwind the rules no matter what anybody says. So, like, they... They're they, really determined to do this, basically. Yeah, and some people are just resigned and knowing, like, it's going to happen and yeah. they can't do anything to change it. And do you know exactly why Trump would want this? Uh, it's not exactly him. The people, big internet companies and their lobbyists are the ones attacking that neutrality. Oh, okay. So they're the ones requesting to end it. Yeah. In, the, in a way. And, uh, but I disagree with Reed Hastings. I yeah. think that we can stop the repeal of net neutrality. Yeah. You think so? Yeah. Are you for the repeal? Uh, you, you would want net neutrality. Is that correct? Yeah. I would not want the repeal. Yeah. I think that's, that's the same for most just everyday users, right? I think everyone would want things to just stay the same and wouldn't want their internet experience to be, um, sacrifice or anything and not only that but net neutrality fostered uh small companies without net neutrality the next google or the next facebook would have never happened like they, they won't yeah, happen that's true you think it would hurt like all those smaller companies trying to grow and everything yeah the entrepreneurs the ones yeah. the startups yeah all, all that it would definitely hurt them you're saying yeah. and like 
back in 2015, we convinced the FCC to adopt net neutrality. Yeah. To like start it, so to allow users to access whatever information they want without interferences, keeping like the internet free and open to all. Yeah, that's that's how things should be, in my opinion. And um, however, the FCC chairman Ajat Pai plans to abolish it. Yeah. In May, the FCC voted to let Pai's plan to corrupt the internet continue, and um, into this December fourteenth, the mm-hmm. FCC will vote like on the proposal to decide whether wow. to stop or not stop. So a big deal. Uh, where do you think this is headed? Do you think that it, there's a chance it might actually get repealed? Definitely. Like chances are leaning towards repeal. Repealing. But right. we. We can do something. If two years ago we uh, pressured FCC to adopt these rules, mm-hmm. we can do it again. You think we could so? start by like going to our congressmen, petitions, and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like just tell the people who are who who, who have a say that yeah. like what we want. Voice your opinion. Yeah, I guess. voice your opinion. All right. So I think that's it for uh, net neutrality once again. So uh, on to uh, the new Tesla semi truck. So uh, recently, Tesla unveiled their new semi trucks. So what's so like different about the semi truck? So obviously, Tesla is this like big new brand everybody's been hearing about, and their main thing is their uh, electric cars. And so now they've unveiled this big semi truck that is completely fully electric, and I think that is it is really cool and impressive. What is a semi truck? So basically, just a a truck that uh, bigger companies are going to use to like transport all of their goods and uh, materials from one place to another. So it would like lower the cost of transport of like materials and all that stuff? Uh, over time, yes. So normally, um, Tesla said that their, se- their new semi-trucks would cost around $180,000, which is about like $60,000 more than your normal uh, uh, semi-truck running on diesel. But Tesla does claim that after a while, like at around a, a million miles-ish, um, the, t- the Tesla semi-truck, the fully electric truck, would save you around $250,000, which is uh, probably very appealing to many big companies. Like, how far can these trucks go? Like, is it like normal trucks or is it like So, less? I mean, it is a very big range. 500 miles on, uh, with a full weight being put on the machine at a regular uh, high speed, uh, hi- highway speed. So, I, it's pretty impressive, actually. Are there, like, more new features or... Is it just basically like a truck? No, it's it's pretty cool. So first of all, this truck really looks like it's from the future or something, like re- pulled out from a movie. So it, it has that like futuristic look, basically. And so there's a few differences, actually, from, from a normal uh, diesel truck. So um, the driver's seat, which is like normally, like, like you'd see in a car, normally it's like to the left or to the right, depending on the country. Uh, in this truck, the the seat is right in the middle, kind of like a kind of like a race car or something. So I thought that that was pretty cool, and uh, so it also has a really fast acceleration. This truck, it's it's ridiculous, faster than like in sedan SUV or something like that. So this truck has an acceleration of about uh, five seconds, zero to sixty miles per hour in five seconds, and I think that's crazy. Like, that would be something really useful for like hill climbs and just like steeper roads and stuff like that. And like have uh, this, have, have the Tesla truck been selling recently or is it just like a so, idea? So they have actually, I think it's it's gone past the concept stage definitely because um, many big companies have been uh, investing in this. So uh, uh, the Budweiser uh, mother company, uh, they recently bought, I think it was 40, 40 of these big Tesla trucks. And that was like wowing everybody all over the internet when I was doing research on this. And then just the next day, Cisco, the the dis- food distribution giant, ordered 10 more trucks. They ordered 50 trucks, which is crazy. That's a, that's a lot of money, but 
it looks like they want to like cut down on the uh, on uh, on uh, the gas emissions. <laughs> yes, yeah, the gas emissions, and they want to save energy. Do so. you? Do you see this truck taking over like the truck world, the transportation world? I in think the future? it. I think it could. I think that um, like slowly but surely, like a lot of companies are going to realize that it's going to save them money, and it's definitely going to look good also um, for their company if somehow they manage to promote that they've been using these all electric uh, trucks. And I think it, it would be definitely just good for the environment as well. So another like clean energy thing is our uh, product of the day, the air yeah. carbon. Yeah. So. Air carbon is a material made by taking the carbon emissions that would be otherwise part of the air and uh, combining the air with the methane-based carbon to produce a material that's 40% oxygen and 60% carbon. So um, what exactly would this do? Is, the, uh, is this a product for your, uh, your average Joe uh, or is it for companies or what? How it's exactly for companies. So basically air car- carbon repli- replaces oil, which uh, plastic is normally made from. So yeah. plastic is normally made from the fossil fuels yeah. and um, it's when they're put under tremendous en- energy and pressure. Yeah. So that has a lots of waste involved with it. But um, air carbon replaces, uh, completely changes this process and uh, turns everyday products into materials that can get rid of more greenhouse gases than they emit. It reverses the flow of carbon. So, okay, what exactly would this mean for companies? Would this save them money or what yeah. would this, how would this benefit companies? It, it would not only save them money, but um, it performs e- equally as well as oil-based plastics. So that would, that would uh, be like a huge relief probably for yeah. big companies. They're uh, looking for oil. But the most like inviting factor is that it's greenhouse. It, it um, takes away more greenhouse gases from the environment that yeah. it puts back in. So this um, would be a uh, green. Yeah, obviously. Uh, CEO of the New Light Technologies, which, which produces the air carbon, uh, Mark Hamera, claims that humans produce six hundred sixty billion pounds of plastic a year, and the manufacturing process creates three times as much carbon dioxide by weight. So. Um, by using air carbon, they can get rid of this and uh, have a more green way. So global warming, obviously, do you think this would have an effect? Yeah, it definitely. Has this effect. got more popular. Yeah. So in California, for example, New Light's first uh, commercial plant. Yeah. It um, captures the methane mm-hmm. generated by the dairy farms lagoon waste lagoon. Yeah. It captures that waste methane. Yeah. Transport it. Uh, transports it to a bioreactor where the enzymes combine the gas with the air to form a polymer, resulting in a plastic um, car- called air carbon, which is identical to oil-based plastics, just yeah. a lot greener and mm-hmm. costs a lot less. Yeah. So, wow, that's a pretty cool product, actually, to say the least. And so uh, how much plastic uh, do humans normally make uh, without this system? Uh, 660 billion pounds of plastic a year. Wow, that's and, crazy. Like, uh, Air carbon just creates a market-driven solution yeah. to global warming. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Uh, I think that's a pretty cool thing. Do you think this could? Ha- do you think that this could uh, pick up and get yeah, popular definitely. with the bigger companies? Uh, air carbon can be used in all sorts of things like extrusion, blown film, cast film, thermoforming, fiber spinning, injection molding applications, and big companies like Ki Desk Chair, Dell Computer Packaging and Sprint smartphone cases have already signed with New Light to use air carbon in their products. Wow, so if this picks up, this could be something big. 
Definitely. Yeah, it could just replace all the plastic in the wor- world and create a process that's more green and more good for the environment. That's exactly what I like to hear. save the companies a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, it's that's good. good for everyone. That, uh, uh, it's a win-win-win situation, yeah. I guess you could say. And that's so rare. In the- yeah, true. There's always a compromise, usually, when it comes to things like this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, on to our next topic, uh, Google. Yeah, uh, uh, what exactly is that? What, so, what is the situation? So, Google AI wins again. We've yeah. heard it a lot, but... The intelligence, artificial intelligence, yeah. just keep winning. Uh, winning at what? Just everything. Like everything. They're just beating humans at everything. Yeah. And so, in this example, what exactly was it? So Google's DeepMind AI division has claimed that its AlphaGo Zero artificial intelligence program has either drawn or beaten Stockfish 8, the world-leading specialist chess software, in the 100 games uh, they played. So, uh, I'd like to mention that those are, first of all, some pretty cool names, DeepMind AI and yeah. AlphaGo Zero, and that's pretty impressive. Um, could uh, Are these, like, hard softwares to beat? Like, yeah, uh, Stockfish won the 2016 Top Chess Engine Championship, and, and um, what makes this so impressive is that only four hours after AlphaGo Zero was introduced to the rules of chess, yeah. it was able to outperform Stockfish 8, wow. which is insane. That's crazy. Wow, so very quick learning, obviously. Yeah, however, this research has not been peer-reviewed, but it's, yeah. yeah. Uh, but however, uh, Grandmaster Peter Hain was still really impressed with the results. Mm-hmm. He told BBC that, I've always wondered how it would be if a superior species landed on Earth and showed us how they played chess. Now they know. Yeah, and so you were mentioning that um, AI bots are beating us at, 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 at everything. What are some other examples that they're uh, beating us at? Like uh, other Al- things are beating us at? AlphaGo has not only beaten uh, us in chess, but has defeated several champions of the pop- popular Chinese board game Go, as well as uh, taught, it also taught itself games like Pong and Space Invaders. Okay, so that's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> are you scared of the uh, alien, uh, what's it called, Robot taking, robots taking over the Earth? <laughs> yeah, it raises valid, uh, valid concerns of the possible rise of AIs. <laughs> and like, yeah. the DeepMind team is um, based in London, hopes to develop a system. That can beat humans, right? Yeah. That's scary. Yeah, and uh, they're, like, they've started with um, Go, and then it went to Pong and Space yeah. Invaders, mm-hmm. and now they're, now they're going for uh, a game like StarCraft, which is... So, uh, like, something that would not necessarily be patterns, right? It would be more, like, strategical yeah, and it's logical. Yeah, complex. Thinking. It's extremely complex mm-hmm. uh, strategy game. So, I, that, I would be very impressed if uh, the AI could be uh, a human in a strategy game. That would be very, very cool. And um, this, like, recent series of good results from Google... Mm-hmm. is uh, resulting in good publicity for Google. Yeah. And it has placed uh, Google in a good position against its competitors. And no. so, uh, does Google plan on, like, selling these things, these well, products? Uh, no, but it um, places Google in a good position, not only in the hiring world, because, like, wow, like, uh, people can see that Google made this, yeah. and the best programmers will want to go work for yeah. Google. But also There's in the political opportunities world. for people. Yeah, but also in the political world. Because, um... How exactly could it work? Yeah, so as uh, the University of Bath's um, AI expert prof Joanna Bryson claimed, it's like it's also very political as it helps make Google as strong as possible when negotiating with the governments and regulators looking at the AI site. Yeah. So now Google has leverage against the government, the United States really? government. Yeah. <laughs> so it really shows us that like the technology and AIs are taking over the world. Like, <laughs> it's right it's now, crazy. Yeah, it's insane. And um, uh, taking over the world and all these robots and stuff, uh, there's also um, 
Lyft that is now offering self-driving car trips in Boston, in the Boston area. So um, it's pretty cool. Uh, in, the, around, in certain areas in Boston, um, Lyft is offering um, these sort of uh, driverless cars that... Uh, so they, they will be uh, supervised. So there will be someone in the car, but not actually driving. They'll just be there for like... Um, safety precautions and things like that. So for short trips, um, some people will be able to uh, take driverless cars. To So I, I think that's pretty cool. But like, how does this work? Like, how do they plan to like make it safer to passengers? Like, how do you expect me to believe that the car won't crash? Like, I've never been in a driverless car before. Well, this whole experience, um, uh, the company Newtonomy uh, that is making the cars, the, the whole experience they say is just to, to show this, the people that are using the cars and this new technology, they want to educate people and show them that it is in fact safe. And um, they can show them that it's, they can show the people that it's safe because you also have the reassurance of the, the extra driver that's there just in case something maybe goes wrong. Okay. Um, when will they start and have they started or have they started already or where have they started? So they have started uh, around uh, in the Boston Seaport District. Uh, again, they, they've started a bit. And uh, I think that this could be a big step, you know, if this is successful, it could mean something really big for like driverless cars and Lyft specifically. And I think that this whole thing is um, very good for Lyft, just like uh, advertisement is like probably like really good for its popularity, like definitely good advertising. But it might be really, it it would be really bad for the drivers, the Lyft drivers, because they would get out of their jobs. That's true. They wouldn't have any jobs. That's true. Uh, A lot of Lyft drivers could potentially lose their jobs. On the other hand, it could create some jobs, but... Uh, as you said, these these Lyft drivers might be losing some work, which is uh, quite unfortunate. I I love the, how this connects to the AI topic. It's like yeah, uh, computers taking and, over the yeah, world. robots just taking jobs from humans. Yeah. It, it just all connects together. It, it all started as a joke, you know, like yeah. jokes. You know, robots are gonna start getting mad at us. <laughs> yeah, but now point. it's like becoming reality. Yeah, that. it's crazy. It's just really impressive uh, all the stuff that's coming and. So these driverless cars, and uh, back to the trucks, actually. Those semi-trucks also have the autopilot feature, so those can drive by themselves, those huge, big trucks. And also back to the question of, like, trust. Like, would people be uh, safe with those, on the, with, with those on the road? I don't know. I, I think it could raise some questions, definitely. Would you, be, would you trust going in a driverless car around Boston? Honestly, no. Yeah, I, not like, yet. The, the, I could only trust a human to do things, like, correctly. Yeah. But, um, and I would not feel safe in a road with, uh, driverless cars in it. Like, yeah. even though I'm not in the car, if I see, um, drive, drive, driverless cars around me, I would not feel safe. Yeah. I think it would definitely be prone to accident and I would definitely have to wait a bit longer just to see like if this is actually working, if there are any accidents or anything, but in general, I think this is, this is pretty cool. And I would expect the government to put up regulations yeah, on this. Yeah, there would definitely be restrictions and uh, such. Do you have anything in mind? Anything they could, they would possibly put? Definitely, they would have to test it out first. Yeah, they would have to be like certain tests that the machine would have to pass. I think. And then uh, the driverless cars would have to be prevented from going to some places. Yeah, some restricted areas as well. Maybe like heavy traffic areas. Yeah, heavy traffic. Yeah. It's it's just such a complex process that I don't yeah. think we'll see driverless cars too soon. But yeah. I think it will be in like soon. Maybe in the in the in the in the future. Yeah. But for now, you don't think this will pick up too much, or at least it won't pick up quickly. No, like because it's it's just such a new topic yeah. for us. Data will have to be collected. Yeah, and uh, humans would have to adjust to it. Yeah, uh, people would have to like a lot of people like would have to get used to the idea again, like get used to the idea of 
<laughs> like driverless cars. That's crazy. That's really crazy to think of. That's right. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that's it for today's episode. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. We'd love to see you next week. Right, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. And thank you. Thank you.